Welcome to the Triscoll Podcast. We are three druids gathered in a virtual grove to share our thoughts and our path with you. Hi, welcome to episode 21 of the Triscoll Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about our encounters and our experiences of the divine. But before we get started, let's first introduce ourselves. I'm Victoria. My pronouns are she and her. I'm Drum, and my pronouns are he and him. I'm Amber, and my pronouns are also she and her. For those of you who have been listening to this podcast, welcome back. And for those of you who are new to listening or watching us, welcome to the Driscoll Podcast. As we mentioned earlier, we're going to be talking about experiencing the divine. So the different ways that we have experienced uh, a connection with the divine in however we define that. So first, I do want to point out that we will be working from our own experiences. This is in no way, shape or form a complete list of how people can experience the divine. And you do you. However you experience the divine is probably the right thing for you. So as we get started, let's start out with definitions. Define divine in the deific sense, not in the, I'm just divine. I was going to say, my brain does immediately go drag queens. So I was thinking of divine as well. Uh, uh, RuPaul, Mabby Nogi, one of my favorite drag queens. Anyway, uh, moving on. How do you go divine, define the divine? I think for me, I define the divine as, um, as gods and goddesses or spirits. Um, so gods and goddesses may be spirits, but I think there are other spirits that are not gods and goddesses, like household spirits or um, spirits of place. So I think that's, that's how I would define the divine, um, very, very broadly speaking. Yeah, essentially those those powers and, and energies that exist in the world uh, outside of ourselves that you may not necessarily be able to see, but can still feel or experience in some other way. For me, there's definitely a, a very fuzzy line between spirits and the divine. It's sort of like the divine are the really big spirits. Um, I don't I don't really differentiate a whole lot between individual spirits. I am very hard animistic and very hard polytheist, so that's my world worldview. Uh, but there is definitely something about the power of the divine that they, they sort of hit, you hit epic tier <laughs> um, for my gaming friends uh, in order to actually be part of the divine, right? Like the not quite so big or powerful, there's so many words that can be used to describe that sort of enormity. Um, but without being that, that, that really big spirit, um, you're a spirit. And then when you hit that point, you become divine. I'm not sure that really helped. I think it's a, good it's a hard thing to divine, to divine, to define divine. Man, words are hard. Uh, Yes, uh, and, and I guess how much does it matter? I think in this instance, it matters only so that people know what the heck we're talking about. <laughs> but in general, I mean, I think that we all have our own approach and that's okay. 
Um, I, so we're talking about these sort of bigger, grander spirits of maybe it's larger realms of influence per se to differentiate them from say household spirits or a local land white. But how, how do you experience these bigger spirits? There's, they're not necessarily tied to a specific place in the world, but are bit everywhere. I think they can be everywhere. Um, you know, it's, it's, do we experience them everywhere? I don't know if, if we, our experience is able to, to be that broad, but I think that, you know, we can find them in a number of places and any number of places I think is, is more exact uh, than just saying that, uh, you know, they, they're here or they're there. Um, and I think that one of the things you hit on is really, is really important is that uh, it's a palpable experience. It's, um, you know, we have sensations and saying, wow, you know, I feel this, but I think that it's the divine that um, it's something that really stands out as an experience that's this, you use the word grand, that's really grand, that's really above and beyond what we normally experience. These kind of, uh, in a way, they're kind of meta events in that they're, they're so out of the realm of the ordinary that we stand up and take notice of them, that there's a quality about them that makes them really something special. Um, and I think that I've, you know, I've experienced that in some ways, um, usually in the, in the, in doing something, uh, I am doing working, I'm, I'm doing a prayer. Um, I think that it's, it's more rare, at least for myself to, you know, encounter the divine unexpectedly. Um, or perhaps if I've met the divine unexpectedly, maybe I didn't know that it happened. Um, maybe not until later. I guess I find that interesting because for me, a lot of where I find that that sort of experience of the divine is when I'm not doing anything. So I certainly do find it when I am at my altar praying, there is that, that sort of connection, especially with divine beings that I have formed a relationship with. But at the same time, stopping and listening and looking and just experiencing the world is a lot of where I find my connection. Now, a lot of my connection is admittedly in the more urban environments. Um, and so it's certainly not silence. I guess it's more paying attention than, uh, than actively doing. That makes sense. I mean, for me that, that I, I think I kind of land in between, you know, I do have those, ex the big experiences in rituals and in writing prayers and poems and, and that sort of connection, but there's definitely also visiting certain spaces or, or taking the time to just be someplace. There can definitely be a connection to divinity of some sort in those spaces. Um, and for me, sometimes that comes in the form of like, hey, you should be doing this as opposed to, you know, whatever other connection that you have. It's, it's very much more of a, a mallet to the head that says, hey, you're being lazy, do your thing. You know, I, I get that a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
I think that sometimes what I experience is that I have this ongoing, perhaps daily or, or whatever the period of time may be, uh, communication process with the divine. And that I speak to them, I make offerings, I interact with them. And um, for the most part, while I believe that, you know, the communication is two-way, it's basically a one-way communication. It's me saying something, it's me doing something. And it's the experience of the, the divine when there's an answer that comes back, when there's, a, there's an event that happens that comes back that is um, unexpected. It's, mm-hmm. uh, I, I talk to some people who have experiences of the divine constantly, and I'm like in awe or jealous or whatever the case may be, because I'm like, wow, that never happens to me. But every now and then there's something that, you know, stands out and it's like, hey, like you said, hey, you know, take a look at this. And it's like, wow. Um, and I've, what I've, what I found for myself is that when that happens, I really try not to, to gawk because I think if I cannot go, if I gawk and I say, oh my goodness, there it is, then it's gone. And I think I try to let that, let, you know, it be there and, and try to participate in it as much as I can. Uh, because I feel that if I, if I look at it too closely, then poof, it's gone. At least that's my experience. I think in my case, I'm very good at being busy. And being busy is one of the ways I distract myself from things I don't want to deal with. Um, And it makes it difficult to see those connections, to see those points where, you know, oh, look, two ravens following me. I don't have anything they want. Um, Or you know, or various different things that happen that are out of the ordinary, or that that feeling you get in your gut that you're like, yeah, this is it. This right here is that's the that's the flow. That's the connection. That's the yeah. And you're right. As soon as you try to grab onto it, it's gone. See, for me, I don't think that's the way it works. I think that. Once it's there, it's it's like a rope. I grab it and I run with it. I, I'm able to usually follow it f- at least further down the road, not forever, obviously, but you know, it, it always leads me a direction. It's never a fleeting thing. Um, I guess that's a good point because um, when I'm talking about connection with the divine, I'm talking about that that sort of very specific moment that I experience that is this sort of ultimate connection where you can kind of almost feel everything around you and feel your connection to everything. But at the same time, and the whole follow the rope concept, if I'm trying to pick, you know, uh, offerings or what, what, how do I want to write this prayer? What words do I want to use? What thing do I want to use? There's definitely a connection there that I don't say I hold on to it, but I don't not hold on to it either. That that sort of that guides me in my selection of words or offerings or whatever it is. Um, I process everything very verbally. My partner can tell you he's not always sure if I'm talking to him or not, and. So in my head, those gut feelings get translated into words 
but they're my words. They're just a way for me to express to myself whatever it is I'm feeling. Um, so there is that, that kind of connection there where there is an experience. It's just not as transcendental, if you will. Yeah, I think that sometimes when I have an experience like that, there's there's a quality to the experience that's out of the ordinary. Uh, I can remember one, if I may talk about specifics, um, I was standing outside of an apartment I used to live in and I saw a person approaching me and it looked like somebody that I knew who in no way possibly could have been there. And they turned to me and they smiled at me and their smile the the color of the smile was it was a color that was not not mundane and it was brighter than a smile should have been and it was at that moment that i thought this is not what it seems to be and um you know i and looking back, I don't remember specifically what the message or what, what the, the context of that whole thing was, but it was like, um, it's not who it, it appears to be. It's actually somebody else in this, in this form. And, you know, they kind of looked at me and kept looking at me and then walked away. And it was like, wow. And so then I have to kind of think about what, what did that mean? Um, and that, I mean, that's kind of an odd example. And that's was kind of a total, like, divine or, or interaction non sequitur that kind of came out of the blue. It wasn't like I was making an offer or something. It was just this random event, but um, it did have that quality to it that made it seem unusual, um, um, very unusual. In this case, it was the, the color and the, just the, the shine that was not, not of this world. <laughs> very Loki-like. Um, <laughs> I was just going to say the, the, the one time I think I might have encountered the evidence of a deity on earth, it was Odin. So, you know, hey. Um, so are there, let's, let's talk specifics. Drum, drum got us down the more specific route, so let's talk more specifics. Are there things that you do or don't do, or mindsets that help you connect to the divine, that help you sort of increase that connection? I do think that having a regular practice where you're building a relationship with certain beings allows that to happen more regularly. Um, you know, it, it, we talk about it a lot with hospitality. Someone is much more likely to just pop by your house if they already know you, if you're friends, like you're cool with each other, as opposed to like a random stranger that's coming knocking on your door. One, I don't know that stranger. I'm not opening the door, you know, and two, they're probably not going to knock in the first place, you know? So I, I think building a practice, whether it's through ritual or devotionals or prayers or whatever, is a good first step in, in moving that direction. I think that's true. I know that for myself, I, um, I, I run every day. And so I run through the forest. I run oftentimes the same trails. So the background, the, the canvas is the same. And it's sometimes that experience that things out of the ordinary show up in that, in that kind of mundane situation that is so expected. Um, that really is um, very unusual. 
and often leads me to think that this is something that that is more than it appears to be. Um, and sometimes I, I would ascribe that to, to a divinity because it just it isn't necessarily there. I think the other time that I see things like that is when I'm uh, sometimes in doing healing workings. Um, there are sometimes there is it, there's just a feeling that goes on with with a, a regular devotional practice. It feels a certain way, but there are times when the feeling changes when uh, either internally you feel different or something externally uh, you know affects you in a different manner that makes you think something qualitatively here is different than it usually is and that causes me to you know to take notice of what that might be i know i find for myself that being in at least a light trance helps uh in my case it probably just shuts my mind up for a moment and lets me listen uh, but if I'm doing devotional work, if I'm doing a reading, if I'm doing any kind of non-mundane work or some creative styles of mundane work, taking that moment to take three breaths, drop into a light trance really, really helps me to sort of like connect to whatever wants to talk to me, generally that's nicely. And, um, and that's, those are the times when I can experience the divine. But as I said, my brain is really good at being really busy and not hearing things. I've had a similar situation with the light trance you were talking about. Oftentimes, just because you kind of set yourself aside, um, you do open yourself up to things that you typically would not notice because of that internal chatter or just the busyness of the world around you. So I think that's, that's really a good you know, a good suggestion. I know the first time I ever had an experience of the divine that I can recall was um, I was I was meditating uh, because I had a I had a ritual that was coming up. It was an initiation, and I was told meditate, see what comes to you. And the god Oma came to me, the god of learning and letters, and. Um, manifested in a way I totally would have never expected not any kind of classical Gaelic looking kind of person actually looked very um had a very eastern flavor to it um but they identified themselves as such and I, you know I was like wow you know I just was uh pretty amazed by it and it was uh, I've never forgotten the imagery it's it stayed with me forever didn't get a face I didn't get the image of a face but there was a presence and the, and, the, and the clothes that they were wearing. Ooh, I yeah, see, I think my first experience with the divine, um, I was probably 10 that I can remember. Um, and I think you've both heard this story. So when I was a kid, um, we lost our house to a fire. Um, but before the house burned down, so my younger sisters and I were downstairs playing in my bedroom. Um, the way our house was shaped was this weird L and on the short side of the L was the attached garage. And then immediately inside the garage is the stairs downstairs to my bedroom. And then the long side of the L had the front door. We were playing downstairs in the bedroom. And for some reason, I heard someone essentially say, go outside and take my hand. I'm 10. And I'm like, 
what is happening? But I knew that I couldn't argue with it. Like someone's telling me to get out of here. So I gathered my sisters. We go up the stairs and not out the garage, but the long way through the house out the front door. I then walked around the house to the garage because that's where my stepdad was. And I watched a spark hit a pool of gas and the fire then rolled under the back door down the stairs into my bedroom. Um, So I am literally minutes away from not being on this plane anymore because something said, hey, move, that I can't explain. I have no reason to know that I needed to leave, but I knew I needed to leave, you know? And so that's, that's a very powerful moment that you do not forget or take lightly. Right. That's, that is an amazing story. I love it. Very powerful. Goodness. Yeah. Like I said, I was, I was in the fourth grade, so I was nine or 10. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. So shifting gears slightly, uh, my first experience of the divine was in my dreams. This woman came to me in my dreams and well, it was personal. We won't get into it. Um, I was very young and needed some additional support. Turns out that was Karakman. Didn't know who she was at the time. But I have consistently gotten messages or experiences of the divine through my dreams throughout all of the years. And I was curious as to if either of you had had those experiences as well. I have. I mean, I think that there's, um, it goes back to the quality thing is that I have dreams that we have all kinds of dreams, but there are some that are like really big dreams that are so present and powerful and, and so out of the ordinary that I usually think there's something here. And, you know, usually it is. And sometimes it is the presence of the divine, you know, coming and saying this, do that, or, or just general information or showing me something, you know, that uh, is of value. And it's interesting because sometimes what I've experienced is not of immediate value. It's like, there's this thing. And then sometimes later that thing comes into focus again in my mundane life. And it's like, wow, that's what that was about. So yeah, that's a great medium for it. I believe. I'm going to say no, but purely because I have such vivid dreams always that I don't trust anything that comes out of there. And, and they're, and they're not normal. Like my dreams are not normal. They get real weird and they get, when I'm pregnant, it gets even worse, but it's like drag queen vampires are a regular thing in my dreams. Um, Yeah. It's, I had a uh, princess party with Tyra Banks. There's no reason for me to believe anything that's happening in my brain when I'm asleep, when that is just normal in my world. Now, you, you did mention your dreams get stranger when you were pregnant. Um, one of the things that I have noticed over the last year or so is that I find it harder to make that connection. Now, I am certainly under a lot more stress. Uh, pandemic aside, you all know I've had a bunch of stuff going on in my personal and career lives that have caused a whole bunch of stress. So do you find that there is a connection for you with your 
mental state, your physical level of stress, your physical level of tired, uh, that either helps or inhibits those connections to the divine. Not really. I mean, I think that there's there's times where I'm just happy and things are good and I'm able to have those connections. But there's also times where I'm completely overwhelmed and it's like, I can't do all this. And it's like, oh, yeah, you can, you know, so I, I don't I don't know that it's dependent on me. Honestly, I think it's something I don't have a lot of control over. Yeah, that's that's an interesting question. I don't know. I mean, I think that um, when I'm really, really busy, I don't. I get so focused on the task at hand that the rest of the world kind of falls away, and I, um, you know, I might not notice something. Um, I mean, if something really big happened, I would hope that it would, you know, kind of like, you know, hit me in the head with that recognition or that cognition. But um, I don't know. That's a good question. I'm not sure. It's a good point about the focus, though. I wonder if some of it is just there's so much going on. There's so much that I'm paying attention to that, again, really good at re being really busy, monkey mind, um, if that might be some of it. I will say that the, the daily practice that I've had does really help kind of even the mornings when it feels like I'm just going through the motions. It's that little bit of reconnect. Like, okay, yeah, this, this, this other thing is still there. It hasn't gone anywhere. Um, so that, that has been really, really good. Well, and that, that might be something that is, explains a little bit why I don't have that same experience. I'm someone who multitasks very well. I wear lots of different hats and do lots of different things, often simultaneously. So having multiple conversations is normal for me. And so focusing on work and hearing something else is my norm, you know, whereas, so that. Yeah. Whereas that I'm normally pretty good at that, but the more stressed I get, the worse I get at that. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that could be a part of it though, for sure is mm -hmm. if you're zoned in completely on a t problem or a task or out of multitasking spoons, that could be part of it. Could be. And all of this goes to show you that everybody is different and we're different day on day upon day. So you do you, whatever works for you works. Just don't hurt yourself. Right. I was going to say, if you get nothing out, else out of these podcasts, whatever you do works, you know, none of us are the same. None of us have the same experiences. We're all supposedly on the same path and that stuff still, still doesn't align. <laughs> We each have slightly different side paths. I think we're all in the same. Uh, you know, we are all trying to get to the same place. We just have very different ways of getting there. Indeed. And I, and I don't I know. After the afterlife discussion, I'm not sure we all are all aiming at the same place. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we are theoretically on the same path. There you go. We, we are all clergy of the same tradition in addition to everything else that we have going on spiritually um, and mundanely and everything else. Life, man. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a 3D chess game, you know, you're maybe playing the same game, but maybe not on the same, uh, you know, on the same board. 
Oh well. But I think it's I think it's really important to be open to the possibilities, and I think that um, you know, you, you know, experiences are come as they come, and you know, try to be open to the you know to the divine knocking on your door. Some knock, I think some knock really softly, and some, you know, just open the door. And some knock three times every morning for oh, three weeks. <laughs> that was really obnoxious. That was dreams, or you know, that state right between dream and awake. Right. Yeah. That liminal space where lots of things happen and lots, lots of lots of things happen. Yes, indeed. Yeah, that place. Whole, <laughs> liminal spaces is a whole nother episode. Right. Um, I, I think that it's, if I can just make another comment, I think it's really important when things that are out of the ordinary happen. Um, for those people who like to journal, um, whether it's the experience of a divine in your daily life, in a dream, in a snooze state or whatever, do write it down. Uh, because uh, I know for myself, oh yeah, I'll remember that. Oh no, I won't. Um, and it's, if I don't write it down immediately, it's gone. And some of that stuff is really important. Um, and so, yeah, write it down. I know some folks that just pull up their phone and just, you know, have notes set up on their phone uh, and we'll just make a quick note. Makes it much easier to go and go back to sleep and not have to try to remember. Right. I've also seen people use just voice notes. Like you just mm -hmm. record yourself into your phone. So then when you wake up the next morning, you're like, what the heck am I talking about? <laughs> it can be a lot of fun. That is my problem with physically writing things down when I'm coming out of sleep. My writing is not the best at that time of night. And it's dark. And it, yeah. Yeah. Of course, typing it into your phone has all kinds of autocorrect fun. <laughs> That's true. Your I do like the first part. Spell that name. All right. Well, I think we have come to the end of our episode here today. So before we leave you, we will do a quick omen for you. All right. So for today's omen, we are using the Adorabismal Oracle. Um, it is all based around cryptozoology and. Um, beings from mythology so it's a fun little deck it's got fun art i like it a lot and it's something unique and different so our first card is the will of the wisp uh, it's a card of guidance our second card is bigfoot bigfoot is a symbol of solitude And then we have Anansi, who has a story to tell. This is kind of an interesting little uh, omen today. So the Will of the Wisp is a creature that essentially you follow through the woods to, and eventually it leads you someplace. Um, if you've seen um, Brave, mm -hmm. is that the one? There's the little blue dot creatures. Those are wisps that she sees in the woods and follows to get to the witch's place. Um, 
So it's something will guide you to where you need to be. But where you might need to be is alone. You may want to spend some time looking inside and figure out what your story is, what it is you need to know. Um, And you'll get there. You'll be guided to the right place. Um, And as things are starting to open back up and there's more connection and more togetherness happening, don't forget to look inside yourself and find that story and be okay with that story. I think that is where our omen sits for today. Well, thank you very much, Amber, for giving us the omen for today. Yeah, I like that deck. That is a pretty cool deck. All right. Thank you all for joining us today. And we will see you in a couple of weeks. Bye now. Bye now. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for today's video. If you like this episode, be sure to like and subscribe. You can also find more episodes on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and all of your favorite podcast providers. You can find us on social media, on Facebook and Twitter, or for more information, visit our website, triscopodcast.weebly.com.